0: For USA Radio News, I'm Wendy King. Edstone Properties is a leading home builder in southern New Hampshire. With over 33 years experience, Edstone offers highly valued residential homes, including first-time buyer, luxury move-up, and senior community opportunities. Edstone also offers well-located rental apartments, including active adult communities. Visit us at EdstoneProperties.com or call us at 603-889-5208 to learn more. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. That's 603-889-5208. Next up you'll be listening to United Way Community Connections with Mike Affelberg. United Way Community Connections. United Way Community Connections broadcasts every Monday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. right here on WSMN. In United Way Community Connections you will be introduced to leaders from all of the great nonprofits in Greater Nashua, from caring for our children to our seniors, from helping our homeless pets to our at-risk vets, from learning the skills to get your GED to dealing with trauma and substance abuse. Community Connections is the place to learn with Mike Affleberg about what's going on. Learn how you can help and make a difference from the experts. So sit back, grab a cup of coffee, and enjoy the show, which is making a difference in greater Nashua. Here's your host, Mike Affleberg.
1: And a good Monday morning. Welcome to the United Way Community Connections show on WSMN fifteen ninety AM. Today is Monday, August nineteenth. Here in Nashville, it's a beautiful day. We're looking out at the at Main Street from the uh, turret here at uh, WSMN Studios. And it's, uh, there's well, there's not a lot of a traffic jam. There's like three cars on the road that I can see. The sc- sun is shining. The sky is blue. All is well in the universe, I would say. And I'm hoping everybody had a fantastic weekend. I know that I did. Uh, we went camping. We have an annual sort of camping tradition with some of our best friends the french family which has sort of grown as our children have you know acquired fiancés and boyfriends and girlfriends and all of that kind of stuff so there were 10 of us that uh, took up residence out of greenfield state parks friday night saturday night Um, it did rain saturday night you have me to thank for that i always bring the rain when it comes to camping if there's a drought. You know, I grew up in California when there's there's a drought situation. Just send Mike camping, and the rain will come shortly thereafter. That's the way it always seems to work. But it was a good time. We really enjoyed ourselves. So thanks to our friends Chris and Jane and your kids, Oliver and Jenny, and their your boyfriends and girlfriends, respectively, and also, uh, you know, Casey and John and, and uh, my wife, Kirsten. We had a great time. So good time was had by all. Look, it's going to be a very busy week here with us at United Way. Uh, my colleague Liz, Tuesday evening, is hosting another needs assessment focus group. That's at the Merrimack Public Library this time. So if you're interested in giving some input on what the needs in the community are, we have data and then we have people. And sometimes people and data, they sometimes are not the same thing. So what we're doing is uh, making the rounds in the community, inviting people from the public to participate in a validation exercise to make sure that we're um, – you know, the data represents accurately what people are feeling the needs in our community actually are. So that's 4 p.m. Uh, tomorrow evening at the Merrimack Public Library. A um, uh, couple other things that are going on. I just wanted to mention real briefly, so events-wise, that is. So this coming Saturday, Saturday August 24th, is Brazil Fest. Brazil Fest is at Greeley Park. It's from noon to 7 p.m. We have a growing and vibrant Brazilian community. They're fantastic uh, folks. They're, we're going to have some music. We're going to have some food. Of course, if you listen to Mike on the on a regular basis, you're going to know it's all about the food with me. Uh, it's going to be a really nice event up at Greeley Park. So join us and our Brazilian neighbors to uh, celebrate Brazil Fest this coming Saturday also coming up um this is a little bit later in september but uh, a friend of mine who's a volunteer over at habitat for humanity also is on the the volunteer with the beaver brook association out in hollis um he asked me to mention that the fall festival and art show at beaver brook is coming up september 28th it's a little ways out but so i'll mention it again in the coming weeks um nevertheless um it should be a great event Uh, Our friends at Enterprise Bank, if you are with a nonprofit or you are connected to a nonprofit, maybe as a volunteer or on their board, you should let them know about the Enterprise Bank um, Fall Seminar Series for nonprofit organizations to learn more about sort of best practices. They have a free seminar series that they do um, twice a year, actually. So coming up, starting on September 10th, this is the very first one, and that's about donor and board engagement. And then they have other seminars um, after that, growing and developing your team, getting the project you want, advancing your grant writing skills, and so forth and so on. Really great series. We appreciate so much everything that Enterprise Bank does in our community, and especially to build resiliency amongst our nonprofits. It's uh, such an important thing. So that's free. Just let people know about that, and you can connect with Enterprise Bank. So it's back-to-school season. We all know that. Well, some of us know that. some of us don't. If you have kids, <laughs> it's time to remind them it's it's back to school season, right? Go buy some clothes, um, get some pencils, sharpen them up. The Nashua Soup Kitchen and Shelter is announcing their annual backpack program. That's actually tomorrow, so August twentieth, ten to three. Um, at the Nashville Soup Kitchen Shelter for qualifying families, you can receive a backpack with full of chock full of supplies thanks to donor, donors from throughout the community and um, also companies like Fidelity Investments that make that possible. Go to the website for the Nashville Soup Kitchen Shelter to find out how you qualify and um, how you might sign up. It's a great program. They've been running this for many, many years. That's August 20th from 10 to 3 p.m. here in Nashville at the Soup Kitchen and Shelter. And last but not least, I wanted to mention on september 15th that's you know three or four weeks out is the multicultural festival this is the second annual nashua multicultural festival this year it's at saint patrick's gym last year it was at elm street middle school that's from 1 to 5 p.m it's free and open to the public and you know just like i said with brazil fest lots of music lots of great tables and lots of awesome food i went last year and um It did not disappoint. So I should remind you, this show is live. It's live on WSMN 1590 AM on the air, which has a really strong broadcast signal. George just boosted that up a couple thousand million megawatt whatevers. So you can hear us. Well, you can probably hear us in Tokyo, Japan at this point. So just join on in there. Or you can join us on Facebook. If you go to the United Way Facebook page, we've got a live feed going there. And uh, you can you can uh, watch that. And that's also a great place to comment if you have any questions. I see Juan Marcos joined the conversation. I see Randy Pierce liked the conversation. So if you have any questions or comments, you want to leave those at the on the live feed at the United Way Facebook page. So let's see. What are we coming up on? 12 After the Hour. This is the United Way Community Connection Show. Each and every week we interview different nonprofits from the community talking about the great things that they're doing to make... Greater Nashua, a stronger, smarter, safer, healthier, and happier place to live and work. I am so honored and privileged to have with me today two gentlemen. Well, you know, one gentleman and, and Charles, who I've known for a long time, so I'm not going to say that Charles is a gentleman. <laughs> but we have with us the professor, Charles Okori. Um, professor emeritus at the university of mike right here in nashua new hampshire and we have with him his colleague ken drew who's on the board of directors for the the wish project or the thank you project sorry the wish project that's something different the thank you project and they're going to talk with us today about the Water Walk. so charles and and uh, ken thank you so much for joining us today welcome to the show
2: thanks for having us
1: thank you mike Absolutely. So, why don't we start with you, Charles, and maybe tell us a little bit about, like, what is the water walk? When is it happening? How many times have you done this? Why would people want to want to do it? What's just what is this thing about the water walk?
3: Um, the message about the water walk is very simple. Water walk is about our humanity, our collective humanity. We've done this. This is our fifth year of doing the water walk.
1: This is your fifth year, and it's it's only here in Nashville, right?
3: It's beyond natural, really. We have yeah. a school that is doing it in Concord.
1: Oh, great. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's fantastic. So, That's So I know that, because having participated a couple times at this event, the essence of the event is that people um, get a bucket. It's usually Greeley Park. And they walk down to City Hall through no. some securitist route. And then they walk <laughs> back and they carry water and this is meant to symbolize what people in some parts of the world actually have to go through to get fresh water is that right? that's right
3: actually it's not people from different parts of the world this is true life story for me I grew up living this so what we do basically is try to replicate what goes on in my village every single day between the women and the children what they have to contend with,
1: just to get a bucket of dirty
3: water. I wouldn't say clean water.
1: Just get a bucket of dirty water. Yeah, and then it probably needs to be boiled and sterilized and it's unhealthy and... They don't have time to boil it. Yeah. They take it like that and they die off. Where is where you, your village, Charles, my where vi- are you from? My village is Ututu in Nigeria. Ututu my, in Nigeria. And your wife is in the neighboring village, is that right? My wife is Achi
3: in Nigeria to it's the same um we are from the same area but it's not really a walking distance It's like a couple of like 50 miles from my village to her village
1: i think it is so hard for anybody who grew up i mean i grew up you know the life of a privileged western american and i think it's important to like reflect on that and acknowledge that i to me it's an assumption that when i go to the sink i turn the handle and out comes water and and you know what i can probably drink it and i can and it probably tastes pretty good and i can wash my hands and i can do everything i need to do i can cook with it and there's no must no fuss it's just easy i expect it and that is not the expectation. That is not the way it works in, in other parts of the world, including the village where you grew up, Charles.
3: Yeah, that's correct. And um, this, has, this actually gave me a lot of sleepless nights, and I knew we could do something about it. And that's precisely the essence of the Water Walk, trying to replicate what goes
1: on there, raise funds, and change their destiny forever. So tell me what, and maybe I'll let Ken answer this question, since we want to bring you into the conversation. What happens with the money that we actually raise through the Water Walk?
2: Yeah. Well, actually, uh, to date, we have funded two water wells uh, in Nigeria. And from those water wells, uh, the cost is $30,000 per well. So considering that we've really only touched the surface of what this thank you project can do, we're looking to grow that, obviously. Uh, And then also the money raised are funding uh, two scholarships to students in Nigeria. Now, uh, I would abdicate for all parents that want to send their children to college that Nigeria is a good choice at $2,000 a year, but I don't think your students are going to buy into that like mine wouldn't. But uh, that being said, by helping to promote the education as well as uh, to help them then change their world over in Nigeria is part of our goal, and then ultimately our goal is to then extend this to other parts of Africa. I mean, right now, 663 million people don't have access to safe water, which is about a tenth of the world population. So when you think about exactly what you said, Mike, we don't realize when we're brushing our teeth and leaving the water running or taking a shower and just leaving the water running for... How much water is actually wasted in the U.S. compared to other parts of the world where they can't even get fresh water?
1: Yeah, that's absolutely true. I grew up in, like I said earlier, I grew up in California. And of course, California is, you know, most of California really is a desert until you put water on it. And then it's an amazing paradise. But of course, there are periodic droughts. And I can remember many times where there were any number of years where. You know, we would be affected by a water shortage and have to do things like you know, What would be basically an inconvenience? I can't water my my lawn every day. I have to choose Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Stuff like you know, stuff like that. Yeah, I know. Like, there's no suffering involved with that, but it reminds you that this is a finite resource, and it's absolutely true. You start to develop some habits, like when I when I shave in the morning, right? I put a little water in the sink with a stopper in, and I and I don't just leave. Leave it running to, you know, rinse off my razor. I think if everybody did something, it would make a big difference.
3: That's correct. And um, the best part of this, I, I am a diehard optimist. The best story about this is we can do something about it. And we've projected to reach a million people, have them donate a dollar each. It's as simple as that. School kids can do it. And we would have changed the destiny of an entire population. Not only their life expectancy, but you see kids have more time to go to school. You see them living longer. You see babies not dying. Infant mortality will be changed. Everything will be transformed just by dropping a dollar. That's amazing. uh, Yes,
1: that's That's correct. That's amazing. So um, what day is the water walk this year? The water walk is on the can. please.
2: Charles, you don't know.
1: Well, I, I mean, Saturday, I Saturday. i see your blue signs all over town, Charles, so I know the answer to this rhetorical <laughs> question if you guys don't. Sat-
2: Saturday, September 14th at Greeley Park, 9 a.m. sharp. It'll take just your morning. You'll be done by lunch. You can go have a fantastic lunch anywhere in, in the greater Nashua area. But if you join us, I think you'll really, you'll really find something that people don't realize. For instance, how heavy water really is and uh the the age ranges from uh, we're talking little kids all the way up to uh you know people that are pushing 70 or 80 that are coming to do this and it and it's really a great event to uh to showcase what it's like i mean people are you know over 260 million people have to walk more than 30 minutes a day to get water and and again it's something we take for granted here i grew up in california as well so I remember the days of having to, you know, don't flush the toilet. You have to wait us, you know, you're like, oh, this is terrible. It's nothing compared to what these people have to go through. I
1: remember one year they started spray painting lawns in Santa Barbara to make them look green instead of watering. I thought, that, that now we've really reached the oh, bottom wow. of it. Like, really just put out some rocks and astro let church. it go. Yeah. Buy the AstroTurf. <laughs> Absolutely. So the information is can be found online at thankyouproject.org, thankyouproject.org, about the water walk and about the project itself. Um, it's a fundraiser, so there's information there as well and it's very family friendly very kid friendly and very educational and really builds a lot of awareness and community so that's the water walk coming up in uh, about a month at Greeley Park. Um, Charles and uh, Ken, any last words?
3: Um, just, I would like to reiterate that Thank You Project is a mission that is not about Ken, it's not about Charles, it's not about Mike it's about well, us. Our-
1: hold, hold on, What 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 was that last thing? It's not about Mike? It's not about
3: Mike. I'm about- Darn <laughs> It's about yeah, I know I
1: know that. Yeah, I
2: get it. But I mean if you want to fund a well Mike, we could make it about you. It's no problem. <laughs> hey, speaking of sponsors, that's
1: a really good point. I see on your website you you're recognizing the Home Depot as one of your sponsors again. I know they provide, like, all the orange buckets, and they're, that's like, right. super helpful, so that's yeah. great.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, unfortunately, we lost our uh, water sponsor, Polar Beverages, this year because they have too many people asking for water, uh, which was sad. But that's okay. We've got uh, we've got a lot of ideas. We've got a real vibrant board, and if people are interested in getting becoming a part of that, you certainly can go to the website and contact us as well.
1: Absolutely. Well, Ken, Charles, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for what you're doing. Um, I think bringing our community together around um, this subject is very important. Even if it doesn't affect us directly here in our community in the same way, it also sort of touches our hearts in a sort of, in a kind of a collective humanity sort of way. So we really do appreciate that. Thank you, Mike. Thanks,
3: Mike, for the time. For everything you're doing for us to play.
1: Oh, you're very welcome. So um, we're going to take a short break now. Our... um, sponsor for the united way community connection show is etchstone properties they've been our sponsor they've been with us from the beginning we're so appreciative for that because it helps us to bring this show to the air after our break we will be back with our first um, non-profit 20 uh, minute interview and that's with the child advocacy center of hillsborough county you're listening to the united way community connection show i'm your host mike Affelberg, and we will be right back
0: Edstone Properties is a leading home builder in southern New Hampshire. With over 33 years experience, Edgestone offers highly valued residential homes, including first-time buyer, luxury move-up, and senior community opportunities. Edgestone also offers well-located rental apartments, including active adult communities. Visit us at edgestoneproperties.com or call us at 603-889-5208 to learn more. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. That's 603-889-5208.
1: Since 1930, United Way of Greater Nashua has been your trusted partner to fight for the health, education, and financial stability of every person in every community. When a low-income child needs access to dental care, or parents need quality after-school programs where their kids can learn and be safe, United Way is there. When a person with disabilities needs a supportive day program where they can thrive, or a family loses its home and needs a place to regain financial stability, United Way is there. When a homebound senior needs food and supportive social connections, or when it comes time to die with dignity, United Way is there. The programs supported by your United Way are the heart and soul of Greater Nashua. When you volunteer or donate to United Way, you lift up the community where you live and you work. As a highly regarded nonprofit with Charity Navigator and GuideStar, you can be sure that your donations will be used for the work of making Greater Nashua stronger, smarter, and safer. Learn more and connect with us at unitedwaynashua.org. Well, good Monday morning. You are listening to the United Way Community Connection Show. I'm your host, Mike Affelberg. We are here each and every Monday morning talking with the nonprofits in our community about what they're doing, what their missions are to make our community a stronger, safer, smarter, healthier, and happier place to live and work. Um, each week, we interview two different nonprofits. These are organizations, some of which you've heard of, that have you know sort of the big names in the industry, if you will, like uh, the YMCA or Boys and Girls Club. Um, and sometimes these are organizations that you may not have heard of um, because you're not necessarily, you know, active in, in that particular area. And today we're really honored to have um, with us, I, I would say, one of those organizations that you you might likely not have heard of unless you've been sort of directly impacted, and that's the Child Advocacy Center of Hillsborough County. Child Advocacy Centers are active throughout the country, and it's a model that helps um, to facilitate that young people who have been victimized by sexual violence um, don't get, if you would say, re-victimized through the process of trying to learn about the experience and and find ways to help them. So we have with us today, and that was a terrible explanation, we have today two um, uh, folks who are with the Child Advocacy Center right here in Nashua, and uh, there's Megan Noyes and Nicole Ledoux, and they're going to introduce themselves, talk a little bit about what they do, and then we'll talk a little bit more about the Child Advocacy Center. So why don't we start with, I don't care who, why don't we start with Nicole?
4: Good morning. Uh, my name is Nicole LaDue, and I am the Victim Services Quality Assurance Director for the Granite State Children's Alliance, which is the chapter organization for all of the child advocacy centers here in New Hampshire. Um, we operate four centers, including both of the centers in Hillsborough County, Nashua, and Manchester, as well as Belknap County, Laconia, and um, Cheshire County, which is in Keene. Um, and really our mission at the Child Advocacy Center is to provide um, a multidisciplinary team approach to cases of child sexual abuse, child physical abuse, and kids who have been witness to violent crimes, perhaps domestic violence or some sort of homicide or something, um, Megan can talk a little bit more about the direct services, she's the program services director, but um, there's a child advocacy center in every county in New Hampshire, like I said two in Hillsborough County, and uh, we work very closely with law enforcement and DCYF, as well as other um, mental health and medical professionals who serve children that are victims of the various crimes that we just spoke about.
1: Very good, thank you Nicole, that's a good introduction.
5: Good morning, my name is Megan Noyes and I'm the director of program services for the Granite State Children's Alliance and as Nicole said we work with four of the centers operating the Manchester National Laconia and Keene sites and I have the opportunity to work with the direct service staff at those four sites. So that includes the forensic interviewers, program coordinators, and our family support specialists. I also have the opportunity to still conduct forensic interviews, so I'm a backup interviewer as well. And specifically in the Nashua site, we serve about 200 child victims every year, and that's between the ages of 3 and 17. And as Nicole mentioned, that's a variety of different um, children who have experienced sexual abuse, physical abuse, et cetera. And we're happy to be here.
1: Well, thank you so much for coming on. This is incredibly important work. These are some of the... um, some of the hardest cases you're ever going to come across are children who've been victimized sexually victimized or otherwise and um so the work you do is is really remarkable and and, and life changing um hoping we can talk about like so let's talk about basically what is the process what are the types of supports that are that are given to a child and family potentially where there is an abusive situation that's identified what actually happens in those cases
5: so what happens in, is when there's a suspicion of abuse for those ages between 3 and 17, the Child FC Center receives a referral from local law enforcement or child protection, DCYF, and we coordinate with that non-offending caregiver to set up a time for them to come into the center. Traditionally, what would happen is you would have a child make a report of abuse. They would be interviewed perhaps by a law enforcement teacher school etc on average eight to nine times was the number of times a child would be interviewed that's what Uh, used to happen that's what used to happen and that would happen you know at school in the back of a police car again everyone had the best intentions to help children but everybody was doing it in silos by themselves now we work as a team to work with those children and families once so we have those cases come in, we have the children and family, that non-offending caregiver set up a time for them to come into the center, which is a safe, comfortable environment. Um, it's, you go in there, we again serve a variety of ages, it's um, developmentally appropriate for those different ages, but it's comfortable. Um, that team works with that family. That family is part of the process from the beginning to the end. When that child comes in, they talk to one person. In our interview room. And as we explain to every child that comes in, it's a conversation. And we have it, we call it a forensic interview, it's the technical term. Um, but when the family is there and that child's there, the team is watching live time on a closed circuit television. And they're able to ask questions to that interviewer, but that child only has to talk to one person. So, who
1: is listening in and participating in that, in that interview as part of the team?
4: Do you want to speak to sure. that, Nicole? Sure. So the multidisciplinary Thank team um, really consists of law enforcement, um, prosecution, so you're a county attorney, um, DCYF, Child Protective Service Workers. Primarily, that's who's going to be in the room listening.
1: Um, can, I, can I ask you, Nicole, and, and Megan as well, can you pull the microphone just a little oh, bit yeah. closer? Sorry. No, it's not your fault. I'm trying to modulate, well, we have, the challenge with the studio is we have a lot of noise outside the studio so i i have to crank it way up if you're not talking right into it and then we pick up like the fire engine and the traffic and you know all the bad stuff that you don't want to hear on the radio All oh, that
4: goes on on main street absolutely
1: Nashville. which is a lot it's a busy location so sorry about inter- the interruption but if you could talk just a little closer that'd be great no
4: sorry about that Um, So the multidisciplinary team is law enforcement, child protective service workers from the Department of Children, Youth and Families, prosecution, and um, a victim witness advocate from the county attorney's office. We'll always be in the room for every interview. And basically the reason for that is those are the people that are going to be dealing with this case. So we want to make sure that all of their questions are answered, but that the interview is done by someone who's trained to interview children about these type of things in a... um, Non-leading, very court-defensible way that also is um, developmentally appropriate. And so, Megan and the other forensic interviewers that do this work are trained um, to do that. And the multidisciplinary team is able to uh, speak to the forensic interviewer um, either via an earpiece, or she'll come in the room after, or he'll come in the room after, and make sure that all the questions get answered, so the kid only has to be um, interviewed one time.
1: And and so that is the the result of that interview is. Sort of a transcript, um, an understanding, if you will, of what what from the child's perspective has happened, is happening, has happened, might happen again. Well, where they're at, right? And what is used with that information, and how has that become part of um, you know, sort of healing, treatment, prosecution, all of the above?
5: Well, for starters, they're able to talk to somebody. And that team is there for them. Um, and I don't want to kind of just backtrack a little bit to let you know what's happening with that, the rest of the family. Because we know, you know, we can do everything we can for that child. But if they do not have a supportive caregiver or an adult in their lives when they leave there, um, the likelihood of continued success minimizes. So during that actual interview process, when that child is talking to our interviewer, that caregiver is receiving support from Bridges here in Nashua, right. who we work very closely with. who are providing support to them as well. Um, but to answer your original question sure. about what's going to happen with that that interview or what that child has said, um, that is really the first step in the process. And as we tell children, we said, we'll often say, "Okay, your job is done today. We're now let the adults take it from here." Um, we do know though, disclosure is a process, and sometimes when children come in, they may not say everything that first mm-hmm. time, and that is not uncommon but they've at least started the process and sometimes kids come in and they're just not ready to talk at all but they've at least met the team and seen what the process is going to be um, from there a variety of things can happen next depending on the investigation and where that's going to lead them kind of next um, and that depends on of course what they've talked about in that room
1: yeah absolutely so I can imagine that to to, to let's take a little bit of a different path if you if you might just for a second so the person who's conducting these interviews the interviewer themselves um that's really hard i'm guessing that they're taking a lot on psychologically mentally emotionally um just through those conversations how did how did they deal with um the burden of this being this face-to-face conversation person and what supports are provided perhaps potentially to them so that they can continue to function in this important role
5: that's a great question, and that's for the team as a whole. I would say that entire team supporting each other is so important. Um, we also have at the Child Abuse Center, we provide supervision through um, clinical uh, mental health uh, clinicians for our staff. So monthly, our staff will go and have um, they'll go and see a mental health clinician um, on company time to just provide some extra support for them. But really, that that multidisciplinary team, Nicole can speak to that as well. Support each other. Um, through a variety of different ways.
4: Yeah, very much so. So I mean, you're all working on the same cases and uh, hearing the same information from the child. So there's a lot of support that goes on between the team. And I can say that when kids have good outcomes from coming in, when something good happens, when they receive the services they need, when they get justice, if that's what they want, um, that's also very healing for the team to know that they were a part of that and they were able to get the child, the services they need, or the justice that they wanted, or whatever's best for the child. And really, the child kind of leads that. We don't, if the child doesn't want to talk, we don't make them talk. If the child um, isn't interested in um, prosecution, or a family's not interested in prosecution, maybe that's not always the route we take. It has to be um, really victim centered what we're doing to make sure that um, that child and that family can heal from the trauma that they've been through.
1: Absolutely. So one of the questions I wanted to ask you guys, which I ask everybody who comes in, is how can the public get involved with supporting your mission? Are there opportunities for people to potentially volunteer, get involved, um, donate, support financially? I know you have a gala every year. I think you guys have the best. I think we're all jealous of your gala because you have, like, Mike O'Malley comes or something <laughs> like that. But... um so, what, how can somebody from the public who's interested in, in supporting, um, you know, children and families in this way, because it speaks to their heart, get involved? Yeah.
5: Um, certainly, um, just kind of minimally subscribe to our Facebook social media so you can kind of see what's happening. And we do have a variety of different fundraising events, of course, supporting financially or just getting the word out. Um, we can also I, we have an upcoming fundraiser: our Beards for Buck which I'm going to kind of push Nicole to Nicole to talk about.
4: We have a great fundraiser coming in, uh, up in October, which is called Beard, for beard to Buck. It started in 2015 uh, with the Manchester Police Department and then spread statewide. So what happens is uh, our law enforcement partners are allowed by their police departments to grow beards for the month of October. Um, there's a specific buy-in for that for the officers, which is between $30 and $35. And then um, just through the general public kind of questioning them what's with the beard, right? Because that's not something you see every day in your law enforcement. People, most agencies don't allow that.
1: That's right. Um,
4: their answer is, "Well, we're growing uh, beards for the Child Advocacy Center. They work with us um, to serve children that are victims of uh, various types of trauma." Uh, check on the website, and you know, if you want to donate, you can click on my name and donate for me. And the first year we did it in Manchester. Um, Really, we thought we'd raise a couple thousand dollars, and in the month of October, we raised $23,000. Wow, um, it that's great. It's statewide, and last year, I think we were around $80,000 statewide, and it's a fun fundraiser. It really um, shows uh, law enforcement's kind of involvement in what we do, um, and also, it's just kind of something fun that the public can get involved in. It's a little bit of a competition to see which police department will raise the most money or which officer can raise the most money. Um and it's non-restricted funds. Certainly, we're all non-profit, right. and we um, get various types of uh, Victims of Crime Act funding and other um, grant-type funding, but these are non-restricted funds that can really help us improve our centers um, in ways that some of that other funding can't.
1: Yeah, I think that's important to remember. In um, and w- and United Way, we're, we're, we have a grant, also with child advocacy center, mm-hmm, yeah. and it is restricted funding. And I know that you know our donors appreciate that because... Um, they they know exactly how their money is being spent, but at the same time, it is so important to receive unrestricted funding because there are so many more things that sometimes come about that you just can't, you know, you need to have a little bit of wiggle room there sometimes.
4: I mean, for the first year, we used some of that non-restricted funding just to improve the safety and security of our Manchester site, to put in cameras, to important. fix the locks on the windows, things that, you know, you're not going to be able to get a grant for so much, but really need to happen.
1: Right. Right, definitely. So beards for bucks—that's a really great idea. Get a bunch of policemen to grow a beard and raise money that way. Like, how awesome is that? Mm-hmm. Because, like, because police are great and they love doing that stuff. So,
5: and the ladies have been clever. They'll do nail polish or some. Will even, they've been clever. The, the female officers as well have participated.
1: Well, yeah, I was going to say there's a little bit of a male chauvinist tint to this whole fundraiser, but that's okay. That you know, the ladies can always donate.
5: Yes. Yes.
4: I started this fundraiser uh, with Manchester PD when I was there. and retired from Manchester PD in the first year. I raised the most money, and I didn't gra- grow a beard. So it's certainly an opportunity for the women to join in as
1: well. <laughs> you need to join my development team because that's awesome. I love it. Um, and then you have your gala coming up. Um, when is the gala this year? Some, I, I think I saw it somewhere here. but In the fall, I typically... Oh, no, it's in May.
5: Yeah, we typically have it in May in the spring. We just had ours in May this past year. Yep. yep.
1: Okay, very good. So um, as a volunteer, are there opportunities for somebody? I mean, obviously the work you do is very sensitive and there's a lot of privacy issues. Are there opportunities for people to volunteer who maybe just want to, I don't know, stuff envelopes or whatever?
5: From time to time, we will have opportunities and that's something we encourage folks to go onto our website send us an email give us a call and we certainly um would let somebody you know know we have internships as well um we provide those and we have a know and tell campaign which is our new public responsibility campaign for educating um, the signs of abuse and how to report so that's another opportunity we encourage folks anybody who has um involvement with children uh, get involved with that
1: well I think people don't, sometimes don't even realize that you know in New Hampshire we're all mandated reporters too that sometimes they think well I'm not a teacher so I, I if I see it mm-hmm. doesn't really matter well it does it matters mm-hmm. we all are mandated reporters in the state
5: absolutely
4: statutorily we are all mandated reporters in the state and we are mandated to report when we suspect abuse so you don't have to be certain so you want to make that call to DCYF if you suspect abuse and let the professionals who can determine right. whether or not that's mm-hmm. happening do their work um, and Know and Tell does a really great job of educating people on the signs of abuse, what um, the mandated reporting statute is, what reporting looks like, because it can be scary, but it's not scary. You can seem it, but it's really not. And if right. you go on our website, you can um, check out the Know and Tell section of our website. We have an online e course. Um, there's a lot of ways you can get involved in that.
1: So I'm gonna to have to say, guess what? We're out of time. I know you guys are worried. Like, what questions sad. are you gonna ask us? And I'm like, no, this is gonna fly by. You're not gonna believe it. So, I hate to say this, but we're we're coming up on our break. Yeah,
5: thank you it, well, for, having, for us. having us. Absolutely,
1: Megan, Noyes, and Nicole, did you coming on the United Way Community Connection show to talk about the Granite State Children's Alliance and the uh, Child Advocacy Centers? Their website. If you're in interested in more information, it's www.cac-nh.org, www.cac-nh.org, and you can learn more about the great work that's being done by the Child Advocacy Centers throughout the state. Um, we're going to take our second break now. You are listening to the United Way Community Connections show here on WSMN 1590 AM. Our show is brought to you by Edstone Properties, one of our community's premier builders for many years now. After the break, we'll be back with our final interview of the day, and that is going to be a brand new person. The shower team will have Paul on the show to talk about what they're doing. I can't wait to learn myself, so we'll sit right back, and we'll be here in just a minute or two.
5: Hi, it's Lisa Rick with the Not So Legally Blonde Show. Listen to me live on Tuesdays, 3-4 to 4, on WSMN 1590.
0: Edgestone Properties is a leading home builder in Southern New Hampshire. With over 33 years experience, Edgestone offers highly valued residential homes, including first-time buyer, luxury move-up, and senior community opportunities. Edgestone also offers well-located rental apartments, including active adult communities. Visit us at EdgestoneProperties.com or call us at 603 889 5208 to learn more. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. That's 603-889-5208. Since
1: 1930, United Way of Greater Nashua has been your trusted partner to fight for the health, education, and financial stability of every person in every community. When a low-income child needs access to dental care, or parents need quality after-school programs where their kids can learn and be safe, United Way is there. When a person with disabilities needs a supportive day program where they can thrive, or a family loses its home and needs a place to regain financial stability, United Way is there. When a homebound senior needs food and supportive social connections, or when it comes time to die with dignity, United Way is there. The programs supported by your United Way are the heart and soul of Greater Nashua. When you volunteer or donate to United Way, you lift up the community where you live and you work. As a highly regarded nonprofit with Charity Navigator and GuideStar, you can be sure that your donations will be used for the work of making Greater Nashua stronger, smarter, and safer. Learn more and connect with us at unitedwaynashua.org. The Village Network was created for only one reason, to keep those 62 and older
0: in their home as long as possible, ideally for the rest of their life. The Village Network is the answer for children who do not live nearby and worry about their parents being able to remain independently and safely at home. The Village Network has a network of trusted providers and volunteers who provide transportation, home repair, home-delivered meals, grocery shopping, and others who are there to help when you need them. We can even find someone to walk your dog. The Village Network does not charge thousands of dollars of upfront costs for services you may never need. With the Village Network, you only pay for services when you need them. Become a member of the Village Network today by calling 603 891 zero 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 eight that's six oh three eight nine one zero 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 eight the village network become a member today
1: well good monday morning you are listening to the united way community connection show i'm your host mike Appleberg. we're here each and every monday morning talking with the fantastic nonprofits that are supporting our community. Organizations are working day in and day out, focusing on health, education, and financial stability, just all the ways in which we can make our community a stronger and safer place for people to live and work. We um, interview two different nonprofits each week. We just got off the radio with the uh, Granite State Children's Alliance and Child Advocacy Centers. Um, and now we're joined with a brand new nonprofit. Well, I don't know if they're a brand new nonprofit, they're brand new to our show so have never been on here before and that's an organization called shower them we have paul Bohr, who's the director and we also have with us john king and i'm not sure i didn't ask during the break what john's role is but i'm sure he will share with that us that as well um so john why don't we start with you since i didn't know what you do <laughs> let's start um you're with shower them what do you do at the organization
0: well we appreciate the opportunity sir I'm providing executive volunteer support to Mr. Bohr as he gets Shower Them moving.
1: Fantastic. So helping to build the organization, helping out with some of the probably logistics and just pulling things together.
0: That's correct. I just returned from Washington, D.C. a few months ago looking at national level programs, veteran crisis, specifically New Hampshire, and and this is where I decided to plant my anchor because I believe that what Paul is doing is directly supporting national-level thinking when it comes to countering specifically the American veteran crisis.
1: Very good. Absolutely true, and such and such a need here in New Hampshire as well. Absolutely. Okay, so then, Paul, let's pivot to you. Paul, you're the director with Shower Them. I am. Which means you probably started the organization yourself. I did. And maybe let's talk a little bit about what you guys are doing and how it's making a difference.
6: Well, thanks. Um, the whole idea of Shower Them uh, came around. Uh, I read a book called Under the Overpass, uh, written by Michael Yankoski. Uh, I, I strongly endorse that book. Um, Michael was a college student that uh, stepped away uh, and went with a buddy on the, on the road, um, went under. He actually became homeless, lived on the street, ate out of garbage cans, the whole nine yards, um, and uh, that was his way of learning. He wanted to be able to minister um, not religiously, maybe, but but to minister to the needs of the homeless community. And he said, "How do I bet? How do I best understand their needs if I don't actually uh, go out there and 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 live that way?" So for I think it was six months. They went to five different cities in the United States um, and lived actually um, hand to mouth, so to speak. Uh, they they uh, took guitars with them, and and I think that's called busking, but. Uh, played music and people threw money in their in their and that and that's how they ate. So at any rate, at one point in the book, he makes the comment that um, regards to people sort of shying away from homeless because of their odor. He said at at some points I couldn't stand my own stench, and and that hit me um, with a. Uh, uh, kind of a, a, a why do we allow people to get into that situation what are we doing as as individual citizens uh to to take care of that we we can see that the governments are trying uh local uh, federal the whole nine yards they're trying um but this is something that that uh, i think that uh, the general population needs to needs to get hold of and and to get out there and, and give a hand so this was uh that's how it started um, I basically set it up, and, and to date, um, we're, we're rolling, um, but we're still waiting to purchase our first trailer. Uh, that's, that's the whole gist right now of, of, uh, of our next move, um, is to buy a trailer. If I get a new one, it'll cost somewhere in the forty dollars to $50,000 range. And what that includes is that actually is a trailer that's built for New England weather. So it's a, it's a uh, they call it an arctic package. Uh, it's heated underneath so the tanks don't, um, uh, don't freeze or, or sludge. Um, and, and effectively what it is, is it's, it's, fa- it's a effectively uh, doors that enter from the street. Uh, you step in and you effectively are in a bathroom. In other words, there's a toilet, there's a hand sink, and there's a shower. Um, three of those in one unit and we'll pull that down the road. It'll be self-contained. We'll have water with us uh, for fresh water, non-potable. Uh, we'll have uh, tanks to, to drain into. Um, and for us, it'll be a matter of of uh, going out, offering free showers uh, to any homeless and, and people in need. Um, right. For, for the, you'll notice that Shower Them has three dots after the Them. Uh, that's intentional uh, for We're starting with a water shower, if you will. Um, There are many things we can shower our our homeless or our unhoused community with, love, uh, clothing, you name it. Uh, There are uh, things that we're planning on doing. One of the next phases in our process, once we get rolling, is um, we're looking to take a trailer with uh, washers and dryers on board. Uh, so that we can provide a laundry facility, um, we're looking for donations. We're looking at at uh, federal uh, at some federal uh, funding uh, grants, but we're looking at donations from federal, from uh, national corporations, local corporations. We we really want to keep everything local if we can. Uh, but we're but we're looking for things like uh, underwear. You know, I can't think of a more disgusting thing than to take a shower, get cleaned up and put on dirty clothes and Mm -hmm. especially underwear yeah that's just not right uh so at any rate that's that's one of the things that we're looking to do um and and um and when we when we get the when we expand well enough we plan on bringing a trailer along that they can actually do laundry um there's there are other things that we're that we're currently talking with other partners um we have been uh, contacted by a couple different people who are bar one's a barber one's a hairdresser uh talking about um we we'd like to offer some time that we would offer free or gratis um haircuts or or for the ladies um whatever i don't i don't know what to do but uh at any rate so these things are are sort of in the in the plans um uh, and we have people who are stepping up Um, but this is like a long longer range because right now we're looking just to get our our uh, water showers if you will up and and uh, operational
1: so is the plan is that once you have the uh, the the shower trailer vehicle Mm -hmm. um, that it would make its way around the community and be probably at I'm guessing known times um, available for people who mm-hmm. are homeless, or as you say, aren't necessarily homeless but don't have the facilities to right. to get cleaned up and to um, you know, have a shower, and and that makes a lot of difference. Right,
6: that's that's absolutely right, and I'm glad that, I'm glad you mentioned that because that is exactly what we plan to do. We're going to set, uh, set up schedules so that um, individuals, and and actually let me let me just say that um, that we're starting in a triangle, if you will. Of Milford, which is where, where I live mm-hmm. and where John lives, where we're starting sort of home base, and and Nashua and Manchester, so that kind of triangle, right. all the towns relative to that triangle, uh, are also included. Um, but what we're what we're looking to do is um, is within there say okay on on Monday we'll be at this location in Nashua, let's say. On Tuesday, we'll be at this location in Manchester. At On Wednesday, we'll be at this location in Bedford. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Right. Um, but that's what we're planning on doing is having specific days, specific dates, uh, times, I'm sorry, uh, that individuals can count on. So we'll be there when we say we're going to be there, and they'll be able to, to – uh, um, They'll know that we're going to be there, and they they can make plans.
1: I think that's really important. I mean, we have a one of the one of the issues that we have in our community is um, transportation right. is uh, tough, and yeah. you know, it's just we're we're pretty spread out. We're not as you know, if you live in Nashua, then you're not far from resources. But if you mm-hmm. live in Wilton. Or in Litchfield or, you know, somewhere else you might, it might be hard for you to get, you might be hard pressed to get to the resources. So bringing the resources out to the community is a really important aspect here, which is, which I really, which I really like. Mm.
6: And that, that was, uh, that's the whole thing is, is um,
1: we, we can, we can
6: do the brick and mortar thing, but that today there are organizations that provide showers in, in their facilities. Some of them you have to have stayed overnight to be able to use. Some of them you have to plan ahead uh, and make arrangements so that on such and so day and time, you're, you're authorized to take your shower. Um, and, and, and my hat's off to those organizations that are, that are providing some level of service. Uh, you know, one of the things that really irritated me um, in, in my research uh, I looked at at all of the New Hampshire states, the the six New Hampshire. I'm sorry, New England states. Pardon me. I looked at all six of the of the New England states, and there's not one organization providing something like we're doing. Um, I was I was um, um, I don't I want to say lucky, but uh, I was blessed to to have found an organization out in California. They're called Lava May. Uh, Lava May invited me to come out. And, um, and look at how they operate. I, was, I had full access to from the founder all the way down to the, to the people who were working the trailers on the street. Uh, I got a chance to sit with or walk, walk with them in their daily effort. Um, every individual that comes in to take a shower has a guaranteed clean shower to use. Uh, when that person is finished and steps outside, the first person that enters is going to be one of the team that steps inside and does a full clean down of that of that unit, such that we guarantee that we are not going to be involved in passing along any kind of diseases or any kind of sure. of issues that that um, you know leads to a mass um, problem. Right. That that we will clean it down after every use. So. That'll be a sort of an ongoing effort that we're doing um, there will be at least two of us on each trailer um, and and that uh, was an eye-opener to me when I went to to, uh, to see Lava May in in uh, in practice uh, I mentioned that I was planning on doing this myself to start and they said oh no 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 don't do that you must have at least one female and one male on the ground at all times um, and then they told me why, and and uh, with with abuses that are that right. are taking place and so forth. It's uh, it's a uh, a mandatory that you have a lady to offer services to a lady, as opposed to uh, a a man saying, yeah, right. come on in, and oops, I'm sorry, come <laughs> no on problem. in, and and and, uh, and uh, you know enjoy a shower. Well, right. That so. Uh, that was an idea. Providing a safe and clean environment. Absolutely, absolutely.
1: Um, and I'm assuming that there's no the way you're describing I'm picturing is sort of a, almost a no questions asked, no qualification uh, if a person has a need they avail themselves of the need, period.
6: Ab- absolutely, absolutely. And one of, the, I, one of the things that that brings to mind is we are actually having installed in each trailer or in, in each uh, unit within the trailer a, a needle deposit box yep such that um I don't want to be the cause of needles winding up on the ground near where we're working um and having somebody, children or otherwise um get stuck or what have you so we're we're going to provide an on board safe deposit for needles that it's it's absolutely as you suggest no questions asked. Um, I don't care what the individual's past is. I don't care what their present is. Uh, I'm offering them an opportunity to right. to get a
1: shower. It's fantastic. I hate to say this, guys, but we're actually about out of time. Oh, my goodness. It flies by, that especially when worked. you have a topic. I would say I'm guessing that you have a lot of needs for volunteers and a lot of needs for yes. donors and a lot of ways for people to get involved with the shower team. Shower them, sorry. Yeah. Um and i did pull up your website which is which is really easy to find online it's www.showerthem.org yes um i love this initiative and i'm going to see what we can do also to connect you to some of the other resources in the community that might be uh uh good connectors for you to help make this go you know just as far as possible
6: awesome thank you I thank it. you
1: thank you so much we've been talking with Paul Paul Bohr um, who is the director for the for shower them a new nonprofit serving our community helping people to connect with hygiene resources um, where they are and um, also his colleague uh, John King who's helping to build the organization from the ground up which is so important to have some resources to do that as well gentlemen thank you for coming it. on the show today
6: thank you Appreciate it.
1: Abs- yeah, Absolutely. You. Absolutely. And um, we'll we'll have you back on again and see follow up. See how things are going.
6: Good. I'll be happy <laughs> to come.
1: I have to apologize for everybody who's listening in. We have a lot of traffic on Main Street today. And so it's been tough to uh, – to, to uh, hopefully you've stuck through it and gotten some good information about these organizations that we've been talking with. So this about wraps things up for this week's um, edition of the United Way Community Connection Show. I'm your host, Mike Affelberg. We'll be back uh, next Monday with two more interviews, actually three next week. We're going to have the uh, – BNI is having a um, – group of people putting together uh, a health fair and talking about that. We're going to have Veterans Count talking about their organization and um, some of their upcoming stuff, and Regenerative Roots talking about that as well. Thank you so much. Have a great week, and um, we're out.
6: I don't see a recession. I mean, the world is in a recession
1: right now. President Trump speaking to reporters there yesterday with that seemingly contradictory remark about whether a recession is coming. His team was out and about on the Sunday shows yesterday.